I've managed to escape from the jail and uh, Satan finally let me go. Or was it Satan or was it one of our cryptic friends that we're going to talk about today that actually like chewed its way through the bars and somehow I escaped that way? It might be. Well, it couldn't have been Satan because, as you know, Satan and I have been just continuously for the last five days. So... He's been a bit busy. Oh, well, it must have been one of my cryptid friends then. And we've got Yasmin here as well. Lovely, innocent Yasmin, who's never, <laughs> never talked to Satan. He's <laughs> never banged the devil. No. <laughs> hey, Yas. Hey. Oh. <laughs> right, well, <laughs> so nice to hear from you. Where have you been for the past two weeks? I'm so scared of what I missed. I was in Turkey two weeks. It was great. You've oh. been in Turkey? Yeah. That's, that's a surprise. Oh, she's away off, like, <laughs> holidaying in Turkey, where are you? Half Did you have half. to quarantine? No, because no? I'm safe, so it's okay. Really? Um, but I figure, like, we're working from home anyway. I might as well work from home somewhere sunny. So, got oh, we so are you're working. It's a working holiday. Yeah. On the beach? Well, not on the beach, but, like, we're, like, <laughs> from the beach. Oh man, um, so jail. Yeah, away and then go sit on the beach. So it's great. Loads of nice Turkish food. Excellent. I wonder if there's any cryptids in Turkey. I don't really look Ooh. that up. I looked that up while we're on actually. Ooh, okay. Right. So, Romanian. Hmm? They might have like weird Romanian shit. Stuff like oh, that. well, there's so many weird things that come out of Romania, not just to people. No offense. <laughs> 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 Sorry, lady, all our listeners, and that's that's all our listeners going in Romania. I'm sure we had some, but sure yeah, fuck that. Like any Romanians I've ever met have been really, really hot, so I don't yeah, care. Or weird, like that's it's fine. The Romanians I met and spoke to were at, at both at gigs. One was a Marilyn Manson gig, and she was actually Marilyn Manson's one of his groupies that followed him everywhere, and she was absolutely stunning. And then another, there was another girl I spoke to at um, Deftones concert, and she was also very nice. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the women are lovely. Yeah, modern the Romanians, you sexy, mm. sexy, sexies. Yeah, they're hot. They're not like hot. But, <laughs> but then sometimes, you know, you get really people, like there's certain Eastern European countries where the women are absolutely stunning when they're younger. But then they get to a certain age, they just switch into an old crone with a headscarf on. What's that all? Because women in quite a lot of Eastern European countries live until they're like in their hundreds. So it just seems weird because, especially because we're in Scotland <laughs> and everybody eats fried Mars bars until they die. Like we expect <laughs> you only hit about like 65. So I think when you see them, they're probably about 120 and you're just like, oh, like yeah, 15, you look manky. But actually, people don't live that long. I'm literally drinking Iron Brew as we speak right now. Iron Brew Extra, because it tastes like the original, as close as you can get. Again, I'm drinking like thick, like black red wine, which Mm -hmm. uh, my new boyfriend Satan poured for me, so (laughs) it must be blood, and I'm really enjoying it. Well, he dumped Suzanne Hussein Hussein for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, him and Suzanne Hussein are still together, but I don't mind being in a polyamorous relationship. So Dan might be a right bastard, but Suzanne, she sounds. It's not her fault that she's part of this. I've got some of his money. I didn't take it personally. I mean, it's not like I owed him any money or, or he owed me money. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, according to David Icke, he died 
when in the 90s. Oh, when did he die? I've got it written down somewhere. Um, we were talking about this last week, yes. 1991. He died in 1991. <laughs> he actually died. And then I took all his money. Yeah, so I've got a couple of Iraqi notes. Saddam Hussein's money or lizard Saddam Hussein's money? Mm, I don't know. How, how the hell? Yasmin, Iraqi. sorry, I have to ask you this. Yasmin, are yeah. you a lizard person? Yeah. Did you just say yes? <laughs> She's one as well. No, it's because according to David, according to people, um, lizard people. If you ask, if you, if there's someone you suspect of being a lizard person, they either have to evade the question altogether or say yes. They can't say no. And so you, I found you out. <laughs> you caught, you caught me out. That's why I had to go to Turkey to bask in the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because reptiles like what, they store the sun or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we all have our dark secrets. And we, and and you know what? The conclusion of our podcast was we don't have a problem with lizard people. We think they're sound. Yeah, I'm fine with them. They don't eat anyone or anything, do they? Well, apparently mm. they're supposed to suck people's blood, but so do bats. Mm, so do vampires. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I was about to. Say- and I'd definitely bang both of them. I wouldn't have sex with a bat. I don't know why that came in my head. Did you see that video? There was a video someone posted. Um, I seen it on Twitter, and they'd, they'd there was a film of bats, but they'd switch. Do you know how bats hang upside down? But they'd switch the camera so the bats look like they're sort of up, upright. Yeah. And then they played golf music over it, so it looked like they were at a golf nightclub just dancing about. Somebody sent me it as well, and I really enjoyed it. It reminded me of when I was like younger and went to the cat house. Yeah. The cat house got shit though, unfortunately. Yeah. Remember the last time we went? Oh my god. Oh god, it was awful. Down. Well, right. This is a story, right? We're totally not talking about cryptids right now, but who cares? This is funny. So we were at Placebo 25, 25th anniversary concert. Yep. And afterwards, me and Mark went, right, let's go to the catty. The cat house, for people who don't know, is like a golf club and a golf nightclub in Glasgow. So we went, right, let's go to the catty and pretend we're young again. And we got there. And on the way in, there was a, like a Kennedy looking guy in a suit. And we're like, what the fuck is he doing in there? But he was leaving. And we thought he was just leaving because he just didn't belong in there or something. But he, he turned around and he said to us, by the way, guys, if I were you, I wouldn't go in there. <laughs> Sorry. Mark, take over for me. And then we went in, and I don't even know how to describe the music they were playing. Like, obviously, they've got different floors, but they were playing, like, some weird, like, techno-y shit. Yeah, drum and bass shit. Thank you. Um, I don't know the names <laughs> of music. Um, it was not the cure. It was no beers and start screaming. Um, yeah, so they were playing that on both floors. There was a band. We to go for a bag because we were like, maybe they're just playing shit music for 20 minutes for some reason. And we like, move. There was like a thousand people in the smoking area. All yeah, like, because they were all trying to get away from all the drum and bass shit that they were playing. Yeah, it just so, it made no sense. Like We tried to dance for a bit and we thought, no, fuck, this is too bad. So we just ended up leaving. So it was like a complete waste of what eight quid that we, pay, we spent yeah. to get in. So put us off. Absolute balls. It was balls. So speaking of balls, I don't know how I'm going to link this to cryptids. I presume some of the cryptids have some testicular ball bags. Um, Mark, wanna... bags. <laughs> fleshy skin wallets, like the nuns say. Yeah. So <laughs> this is another thing we said last week, Yasmin, that um, lizards just sort of like lizard people wear zippy flesh wallet suits. <laughs> <laughs> Zippy flesh bags. Zippy flesh bags. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Mark said that that was the kind of thing that nuns would probably call testicles or something. <laughs> <laughs> what sporing is, but fluffy. Oh, that's true. <laughs> what is it for? Is it to protect the man's ball bags? I would just assume it was like a wee handbag over your penis. That's <laughs> 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 but it's just a wee handbag. A wee man bag. A wee man bag in front of his meeting to bed. I mean, maybe there is a reason for it, but nobody's ever tried to, like, stab me in the genitals when I've been wearing a kilt before, so 
I don't know if it's that common a problem. Maybe. They could, because you wear a skein do, which is a little knife in your sock. <laughs> it is like a game. You're not allowed to wear a real one. You have to put a plastic one in there, which is like really shite, because obviously you want to wear a real shiv in your sock. You want to be a proper person. I mean, yeah. That's... So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you talking there, Yaz? Because I just heard like sounds. It sounds like you're very far away and also slightly shocked. It's oh. really. Not really. Mark, well, yeah, just trying to get, pull herself together. Ooh, what is your cryptid? Oh, I think I'm going to do. Well, I'm going to do Glee Stinks. But Glee Stinks? Yeah. Is that how you say it? I think so. Okay. I have never heard of that, and it sounds like something you've literally just made up. I was going, I mean, I might be making up how to say the name. <laughs> That's how you would say it. G L A, although it's okay. Scottish. And then IS and then TIG. Glastig? Glastigs. Is it is it a Celtic thing? Yes, it's a Celtic cryptic. Sounds the way you've spelt it. It sounds like a Gaelic word that I can't say for shame. Okay. With Glastig, that's what I originally thought, like Glava. Right. Because <laughs> that's obviously a cryptid as well. Um yeah, so mm-hmm. I look at Glastig. Now, obviously I'm gonna go through the information on it, but I was saying to you before we started this, I can't like, it's either a cryptid or it's a goddess. It depends what version of the story that you're looking at. Right. Either they are goats that can, like, mirage themselves to appear like beautiful women, like or fox. she is a beautiful woman who can turn into a goat. So I don't know which one I prefer. <laughs> which are the cryptid goats, or Glaestig, who is, like, the Celtic goddess. They can turn into a goat. So, Does it depend how you look at things? Like if you if you're into bestiality, you see the goat. But if you're into hot women, you see the woman. Well, if, I think like working backwards, right? So when I got to the end of researching it, it's very like there seems to be a lot of it's one of those things again where there was lots of changes when like the church arrived in Scotland. So I think that it was probably the case that even though I've now researched it fully, so I'm still going to talk about it. That like glaze stick must have been a Celtic goddess. And then and then I think maybe the church came along and was like, no, glaze stigs are monsters. Like they're Of course, monsters. they always turn out written in monsters. Yeah, so I think they kind of like turned it into a cryptid, but I think originally she was just herself and then they turned her into a cryptid. It's like we said, it's a Scottish cryptid, it's Gaelic, it's from the Highlands. And yeah, so it's a it's either a goat like creature or a creature that's kind of like a, a were-goat. Like, so, not like a werewolf, like it can turn in and out of a goat, but like, you know, in like American werewolf, he doesn't actually look like a wolf, he looks like a cross between a wolf and a man. So kind of like that, like there may be a breed of creatures that are like half feminine looking being, half goat looking being, and then they can possibly just like mirage themselves and look like a woman. Right, when you say, oh, sorry, as It's not that you can change like back and forth, or like a full moon or something. No, so it's not like an actual werewolf. So either it just looks like a goat or it looks like a kind of person-y goat, but, like, if you catch it at the right angle or it, like, kind of can <laughs> and you might perceive it to be a woman, they, they do like to get dressed up a bit, so that might also tie in with it. I feel like it's kind of like, like kind of like a land mermaid. A weird tranny or something? <laughs> <laughs> When you you say mirage, right, mirage, does that mean that it actually just looks like a goat the whole time, but it's giving you sort of the illusion of being a woman? Yeah, I don't even think it's like it puts the mirage on, because I suppose a mirage is just like a trick of your eyes, so I think it's like you're looking at it and going like, who is she? She's so mysterious. I don't know why you're, I don't even know what nationality it was there. But anyway, you're thinking that, this man, he's there, he's from wherever he's from. Um, no, actually, for gender equality, this woman, she's a traveller, she's an adventurer. So she looks at and, and she's like, oh, she's so sexy, I want to go to her. And then when she gets down to where it is, it's a goat, to her. looking at it wrong. <laughs> That's so bad. I want to go to her. <laughs> um, so she's got grey skin, or they've got grey skin. That does not sound sexy. I think they're all female, but they seem to be kind of nomadic so if there are multiple ones i don't know if they just look female or if there's maybe like male ones but no one's ever seen them so we don't know where they are right say that again what did he want well i'll get get to what she okay sorry um 
just like general niceness. Again, when the church comes along, they apparently change their mind and start getting into general nastiness. But yeah, they seem like quite cool. So they've got grey skin. They've got golden hair or fur, I suppose, because they're a type of goat. Um, and it's long and thick. So their faces would be like sort of grey, fleshy goat faces, but then all this like long, thick, golden fur. And they can walk just on their hind legs. And they'll quite often walk about wearing long green robes. So that's why people think that maybe when people see them from a distance, they think they're a beautiful lady because they might see like the gold fur like overhanging the robe and think it's like flowing hair. And then they're obviously wearing this long green robe. So it looks quite like they're wearing a long green dress. Okay. Uh, They're amphibious. So although you normally spot them on land, it only tends to be areas near lochs or highland rivers where they live because they like to be able to dip in and out of the water. So they're like mermaids. Yeah, yeah, again, they're kind of like a, a yeah, like a, 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 a froggy goat mermaid. <laughs> um, like a big, fan. I, I just randomly like was like, I don't know what to do, and started looking into this, and was like, I've never heard of these before, but they're great. And um, so, as with more cryptids, uh, she's she's brilliant, right? She's an all round good egg, or they're all round good eggs. They like to play with children. Their favourite um, do artists skim stones and teach children how to skim stones. And they like playing pranks on travellers. Uh, far kind of pranks? Uh, just like general, like hide in the bush. <laughs> this sounds like I'm making this up, but this was like <laughs> hide in the bush, throw a pebble, and then the traveller will be all like, "Ooh, who hit me with a pebble?" And then like the glazed stag will be like in the hedge with like the local like shopkeeper's five-year-old, just having a laugh, being like, "Ah, they don't know that we're hitting them with stones." So, you know, just just general. Low-key prank. Okay. It sounds weirder the more you describe it. <laughs> I, get, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. I kind of want to hang about with one. So, playful. farming families in the Highlands would often send their children out to play with the local glaistig um, while they milk the cows, just to like keep them busy. But the glaistig wouldn't mind this because glaistig just like love kids. If a glaistig had children that played with her, she would often grow very attached to these children. And it's known that when the child passes away, either as a child or into old age, she'll stand outside their house at night and she'll wail and you'll be able to hear her screaming even if you can't see her because she's sad that someone she used to play pranks with is gone. Oh, she's a banshee now as well. Yeah, um, it did say that um, they're sometimes referred to as like the Scottish banshee because it's the same thing, like their wail means that... Except when instead of crying because someone's dying or going to die they're crying because they've got no one to play with anymore which yeah they're crying because someone that they love is dead which i think is like quite beautiful oh, oh I, thought, uh, I didn't think you meant literally dead oh no you did say that didn't you sorry yeah <laughs> i've been, like, no, I've been imagining like... kids just playing and then running away like metaphorically like as if they've died but not literally cause quite like that idea as well like your youth died like she used to play with like Margaret and now Margaret's like, oh, oh actually, oh. Stag, I've got a boyfriend now in the place. Yeah. I just stand inside her house like, going, ah! like, <laughs> like in the movie Hook, which always upset me because I didn't like the thought of Peter Pan growing up to be what Robin Williams and <laughs> Wendy becoming an old lady. I didn't like it at all. I found it traumatizing. Do you think that maybe you are a glazing? Maybe, because maybe I'm part glaistic because I feel that way like I don't I, I'm actually scared of elderly people a little bit in old age and like I think it's impressive is they Williams is immortal, so mm. they must be like eternally young that's and sad. yeah they're a bit they're a bit like a mixed bag of everything they're a goat they're a mermaid <laughs> they're a vampire <laughs> they're all <laughs> things so glaistics are like quite intelligent cryptids um, they farm for themselves, so most people in the Highlands that believed in glazed eggs would say that either um, they were good helping with the cows because they kept their own cattle, so they'd keep like wild cattle in the forest near the loch or the river that they lived in, and they would like farm the cows and milk them and like use their milk and make butter from it and make cheese from it and stuff. Or some of them would uh, herd wild deer as well for similar reasons. So they would milk the dough and they would have like dough milk and dough cheese, which I'm sure is disgusting, but they seem happy with it. But you know how they're goat, they're kind of part goat. 
mm-hmm. would you be able to milk them and get like sort of a sort of goat cheese out of them? <laughs> or would that just be wrong? <laughs> I mean, I don't like that. It's like technically, like <laughs> you can milk a woman and make women cheese. So that's hey. the milk a glaze stick and make glaze stick cheese. Um, yeah, would they let? Would they actually let you? I don't know, would they? Or would they get violent? Can could they get violent on you? Oh, they can get that? violent. So, um, right. hold on, where's a wee bit about them getting violent? Okay, so um, there was Glastig that was once the guardian of the Isle of Mull. So she helped out all the farmers in the Isle of Mull and would look after all their kids and obviously taught the kids about playing pranks. And then this was until one day, so there was a boy that was basically like in a prank war with her. So he was like, I'm the better prankster. And she was like, back down, I'm the better <laughs> One of the days for a prank. Oh, wait, actually, I'm going to pause on that because I need to to explain this first. So traditionally, right, if you were worried about your cattle or you were wanting your cow to be more fertile, if you had a cow that, like, wouldn't calve, then farmers in the highlands and the islands used to leave out an offering of milk for the local glaistig in a, like, hollowed-out stone. So then they would come and collect it and they would know that was, like, a gift for them. And obviously, again, they're like they like farming as well, so they like milk and they like cheese and so on. So as a thanks, they would then basically like sort of bless their cattle. So this boy realised that the good, the best way for him to win this prank war was what he did is he boiled up some of the milk from his farm until it was like so hot that you couldn't touch it, and then decanted it into a hold a hold stone and left it outside. And she came to drink it because whenever you put this hollowed out stone in, the local glaze stick would know it was for them and they'd immediately show up. So she came and she picked it up to drink it and she horribly burned her mouth. And when she found out, at first she was sad because her mouth was burned. But then when she found out that he'd done it deliberately, um, she became so angry and she told the people of Mull that basically she was done with them. And she jumped into the sea and swam off and nobody ever saw her again. Right, but then she didn't really get violent then, did she? Because she just fucked off. I suppose not. Like she just got, she just got really she angry. Went off in a big, she went off in a big green puff. I mean, to be fair, we shit burnt her lips, so that is quite rude. Although she was the one that started to play pranks. So, but it was. I mean, it wasn't a throwing a pebble prank. It was quite violent. Yeah. So I suppose like more tantrumy than anything else. Although I've got another one. I'm sure about. Yeah. So she preferred to spend time with women and children and cattle and goats and deer, but she wasn't really a particular fan of spending time with men. And this kind of applies to all glaistigs, whatever lock or river they live in. And they tended not to really associate with men. And, but then this comes from the church. So the early church in Scotland said that people had to be careful of glaistigs. Remember that they were known to lure men away. If you were out camping near a lock at night, uh, a glazing might show up in the dark and you would just see her flowing hair and her long green gown. And if you shouted out to her, she might promise you sexual favours. Which... <laughs> What's wrong with that? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you ban who you want to ban, but <laughs> like living gal and all of the stories and then the church are all like, ooh, she's all trying to slag you up and lead you into the darkness. And I don't know if she would. I feel like... I remember my boyfriend said he, he used to go out um hiking by himself and he went out and he camped up this hill in the middle of nowhere and it was pitch black and he said it was really spooky because he could hear strange noises outside i wonder if it was one of those glee kids or whatever it's called what's it called maybe either well maybe either child she loved had died or yeah she just wanted to like suck david off yeah. and the weird noises <laughs> here and just like hello drop <laughs> I mean, you just, we can't know. Um, but then the church said, so what would happen is she'd she mention these sexual favours so you'd wander off into the darkness. And then when you got into the darkness, she would stab you in the throat and suck every drop of blood from your body. I think what they really suck every drop of like, from your body and then go. Yeah, maybe she did that. Like, although I don't know, I just feel like I'm reading about them. I'm like... I feel like they're they're all ace, like not as in they're cool, but as in like asexual. They sound a bit schizophrenic. And there's no men, but they're not lesbians. They're just all. Yeah, 
I think all the sexual stuff that the church brought up was just their own fantasies. Yeah, I bet there was some manky priest that wanted to fuck a goat and was all like, <laughs> you have to remember, some of the goats are slutty themselves. Um, bloody, bloody goat fucking priest. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm not into it. Like, I think either the church were making it up and trying to, like, slag off the Glastigs, which is probably the case, or maybe, like, it was just men that were really dickish and then it's fine that they stabbed them in the throat because, like, don't be a dick. But then, yeah, if you go back to the story about the boy that, like, burned her mouth as well, I'm like, well, if somebody horribly burned a glazed deliberately, and all she did was be like, oh, I'm fucked off now, I'm leaving. And other than that, there aren't really any stories of them being violent. Why would they all of a sudden just start stabbing everyone in the throat when the church show up? Like, nah. Yeah. Because the church stuff up. I'm not buying it. So yeah, that bit I, I, I raised from the, the record of Glastigs. So that's pretty much most of the story on them. The only slight variance is there was some of the stuff that I looked at that had said that there was just one Glastig and maybe the story was like kind of carried out to separate areas as people moved around Scotland and they thought maybe she was in a sort of original Highland settlement, basically like their cattle and fertility goddess. So they had Glastig and she was this like goat-like being and she would come down on her cloven hooves from the loch up like past the hills and would come yeah. to, like visit the village and bless their cattle and bless their women and children and that was kind of what was important and maybe as people moved out they took the legend of Glastig with them and it turned into Glastigs and then the church obviously would then take offence to that because they wouldn't like the idea of this powerful goddess they would just want people to worship god so then started slagging Glastig off. So, yeah, I'm not. it's not entirely clear if she is a goddess or if they are cryptids, but, but either way, I like them. And I think that's do the you, Do you think if the Glastig exists, which I like to think it does, that it's still about in the Highlands? Or is it hiding somewhere else? Do you I think, think there's been, has there been any sightings? I mean, no, I couldn't find any modern sightings like basically from about maybe two three hundred years after the church arrived in scotland all sightings of her or them seem to dry up altogether. but i'd like to think that they again they seem like they're immortal and like just kind of nice you know lovely herding creatures so i'd quite like to think they're just in some like really remote valley somewhere that nobody's managed to find them all living together with their cows and oh. their goats and their deer and just having a maybe, job maybe when Scotland becomes independence, the Glacier will come out and party with us. I, I, like, I love that. Yeah, I, I absolutely nice. love that idea. I just had the vision of like Nicola Sturgeon screaming, <laughs> it's come to pass for free, and then me on a podium being like, Arise, Glacier! <laughs> and they all come out and we all have a great party. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Like, <laughs> That would be amazing. Yeah, I just really like the idea of them. I think they seem lovely. I want to be friends with them. Yeah, well, that was nice. My cryptid's not so nice, but let's... Uh, Gasman, what have you got? Have you got any creatures you want to talk about? Anything? Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I've yeah. got the equivalent of a Turkish Loch Ness monster. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Did you spot this when you were on holiday? <laughs> Although, I've seen the Loch Ness Monster. I'm totally, okay. totally convinced. But I think everyone knows enough about that. So I'm doing the Turkish version of it, which is in, uh, it's called Vangulu Ganavari. And it's been apparently around for thousands and thousands of years. And there's been loads of sightings of it. Um, but the weird thing about it is it lives in this big, massive lake that's really, really salty. Like, you know, you get these lakes that are more... Like um, like alkaline and stuff, and they're so salty that nothing actually lives in it. Yeah. So there's barely, there's barely any fish in this lake, even though it's like one of the largest lakes in Turkey. So people aren't really sure how it like survives in there, like what it's eating. Salt, um, I presume. But um, I don't know. So I don't know how it's living in the salt, but I think what it's eating is people. Because oh. anytime there's this whole story. Oh, I like to be there when you said it's eating people. Yay! I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're in a relationship with Satan, Mark. You would yeah, say exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So okay. it has been a lot, but the Come last on. sighting was like 2010. Oh, that's quite recent. Guys, yeah, exactly. Um, 
apparently it was three guys camping and something sort of came out the water and thought it was a fish so they went up to it and it basically was like a big massive tail that grabbed one of the guys by his leg mm-hmm. and then so the other two guys were like obviously panicking screaming and trying to pull him back but the thing was so strong that it pulled like it pulled the man away and then it was kind of still like flailing them about and they got like a big stick from their fire and tried to burn it and it basically screamed and ran away and it took the man with them and they never found the man again Ooh. that's been the wow. last thing mm. you think has anyone tried to hunt it or find it if, the, if they're hearing these stories about people going missing or do they just dismiss it as just a lot of bollocks i think it's apparently like like the tail of it is as big as the the loch ness monster so people genuinely Ooh. believe in it and people have went missing in the lake and if do there's no fish to eat tail, or do you think it's like a tentacle like what's it supposed to look like so all they've ever seen is this tail or maybe it's a tentacle actually there's something here it says possible explanation sightings are ancient creatures such as plesiosaur or mosasaur or even mm-hmm. a squid like a giant squid but nobody's ever seen it fully they've just seen like one tail. I find it interesting with these sort of loch or lake monsters that how did they get there? Did they come in from the sea and then were locked off, like blocked off in these lakes and then that's it? Or or is it just one of them because are they immortal? Because do they breed? Like how long do they live? Mind you, you can get sharks that live for like there's a a shark that's actually swimming about today that's like 500 years old. Hmm. Yeah, that's most Locks used to be sea locks, didn't they? Or most lakes used yeah. to be. Like, obviously, I live on the banks of a lock, but it's like still a sea lock, so it narrows at one side, but it does still go out to sea. But I imagine in like a couple of, well, maybe not 100, but 1,000 years' time, it probably will be cut off from the sea entirely. And we get like dolphins and whales and stuff, so I suppose. What, are they going to turn into monsters? Well, they could like get trapped on this side yeah. of it, and if it closes off, maybe. Yeah, they could evolve weirdly, so maybe it was like, yeah, like maybe like Loch Ness and like this creature, maybe there were something that lived in the sea and then when it got like locked off and was just yeah. as a lock, they're like trapped in there. And then it just gets bigger and bigger. So this also goes on to say that one of the first sightings made was 915 AD and wow. it's a church nearby that's got like, you know when they do like old sort of stone drawings and stuff? Yeah. So there's a picture of these people on a boat and there's a monster underneath them that again has got a big tail and it's eating one of the guys off the boat and they're all trying to save him but they can't sounds like Even it always as... just targets one guy <laughs> i think <laughs> it just needs to eat one guy and then that guy disappears because it needs to eat but it's not greedy it just needs to eat one yeah just do one you know, or do you think that these guys had like anything in common like did they all have a similar mustache or were they all <laughs> <laughs> taxi drivers or did they all really like hats like maybe it's the weakest link or maybe the others like chucked him in or he was the um what do you call it um the sacrifice so they tossed the weakest link overboard that sucks (laughs) the the guy's fishing though how does that work does it just know that this guy because he he approached whatever the sound was or they thought it was a fish, then it thought, well, you'll do. I'll have you. It's like it grabs them with its big long tentacle. So if he was too close to the side of the boat, then he goes. And then there's the other guys like try to pull him back, but they can't. So it does seem like it's a really massive creature that's really, really strong. Yeah, it sounds terrifying. Yeah. So don't go swimming in lakes in Turkey. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> um, yeah, really be Sorry? What? I really want to go swimming there now. <laughs> um, it might eat you, Mark. Do you think? What do you think that it will spare you because you don't have a special mustache or something? Maybe. <laughs> and even if it does eat me, like that'd be quite a good way to go. Like, really? Mark will not hear lies because you wouldn't be able to recover my body. But like, you could just have like a little stone epitaph in memory of Mark. He was eaten by a lake monster. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite a cool story to tell, I suppose. Outside my house screaming. <laughs> other theory as well is there's lots of places like in Turkey and all over Europe where you get the like the thermal spas and then basically the the mud and the salts and if you put it on your skin it it's meant to help you look younger and like oh. heals our strength stuff like that so maybe it's been in the salt for so long and that's why it's this old because it's always mm. in, been in that 
Yeah, I was thinking something similar, Yasmin, because I thought, well, salt does preserve a lot of things, so it's like a preserved fish-like monster, so the salt is its life. It's preserving it. Yeah, because, you know, you get, like, the clay and salt masks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it's been living in it, that's what's kept it living all this time. It's magical. Magical salt. I imagine it to look white, like, because it's covered in salt all the time that it's like quite translucent or crystal like yeah well maybe that's how it lures people to the side of the lake at night or something because it it shines like diamonds or something like that or crystals and they get lured in and then it grabs them you know like those deep that deep sea fish that have got like the the light on the end of the stalk yeah (laughs) angler fish yeah, an anglerfish. Yeah. It's sort of like that. And they live in really weird conditions that not a lot of things can survive down there because it's so dark. Most of the creatures are blind. So they have to be like bioluminescent or like hunt via using like, you know, bioluminescent lights, but they can't yeah. actually see anything. And the pressure down there is so great that not a lot of things can survive. It's like, you know, that blobfish thing that if you've seen the blobfish and it's like everyone takes the piss out of it because it's so ugly looking and depressed and it's yeah. like gelatinous. Well, actually, it only looks like that because it's been pulled out of the high-pressure environment that it lives in deep down in the ocean. It looks like a normal fish, but when you take it out of... It's cruel. It's cruel because when you take it out of that high-pressure and a low-pressure environment, it just turns into a gelatinous blob because it can't take the change in atmospheric pressure. It's cruel. Super cool. Mad. (laughs) And that looks like a total, like, see when I first seen pictures of that, I was like, how is that real? That doesn't look like a real thing. <laughs> so there is that just pure, like, cryptids. There's loads of them out there, and you might not believe in them or think there's any proof, but there's things, new things like that being discovered all the time. Yeah. There's a lot of weird shit out there that's, there like, is. discovered, just we yeah, don't know what it is. How much weird shit out there there is that hasn't been discovered yet? Or people have seen it, but it just looks so bizarre that nobody believes them. Yeah. Mad. I'm kind of imagining this monster that you described as, now that we've had a word like, chat about what it might look like. It's like <laughs> huge, white, smooth angular fish, but like where its like lower fins would be just with like maybe four massive tentacles coming out, and that's what it drags people down to the seabed with. Almost like arms and legs, really. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be sparkly and pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Covered in glitter. I do as well. I think it's like a sparkly salt monster and it looks really nice. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely. Okay. If the boat, because they see something sparkling in the water and they look to see what it is and then it grabs them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's like where the, the tales of the sirens come from and things like that. Maybe it has like a song. And it glitters, and then it lures people. It's like a big lure. But I like to think that it only eats men and leaves women alone. Yeah. Let's have only six as monsters today. Yeah. Yes. That's the connective theme so far between our two cryptids is that if they kill anything, it's just men. Yeah. They're men. They're men haters. Good. Burn the patriarchy. Exactly. The patriarchy again. Leslie, does yours kill, kill men as well? Mm, well, I think it would just kill anything it, it can find, but generally it, it's... I don't know whether it has a sex or it's just what happens when a person drive, is driven to cannibalism. It's sort of like a zombie-type creature. It's called the Wendigo. Is that how you say it? Wendigo? Oh, yeah. So it, it it's originates in sort of Native American culture or in sort of forests area like areas in America where there's lots of forests or cold weather areas like Minnesota and Canada. It was once a lost hunter. This is what the tale of the Wendigo, their origins of the Wendigo is. That during a brutally cold winter, a man's intense hunger drove him to cannibalism. After feasting on another human's flesh, he transformed into a crazed man beast, roaming the forest in search of more people to eat. The story of the Wendigo, uh, sometimes spelled Wendigo, comes from Al 
can't say these <laughs> names. I think it's Algonquian Native American folklore, and the exact details vary depending on who you ask. Some people who have claimed to encounter the beast say it's a relative of Bigfoot, but other reports compare the Wendigo to a werewolf instead. But it's more like a sort of... It, it looks... It's like a hideous sort of shriveled up creature of a man. So it's very thin, weathered and white looking. Sometimes it has horns coming out of its head. It's not very muscular at all. It's supposed to be about 15 feet tall as well and described as emaciated. So I would be terrified of this fucking thing. He's never satisfied with it. It's always hungry. So it's like as soon as you become a cannibal or something, or it's like an evil spirit, it withers away and and it's like constantly hungry. It like roams the forest, constantly looking for food. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like a this... test for new victims. Yeah, I feel like this could be based on something real because they do say that if you eat human flesh, it does turn you crazy. Yeah. So it's maybe a person who's a normal height and looks a bit like he's not shaved or brushed his hair in so long he's been living in the forest and he's went insane and he's been eating human flesh and then that's why he's still craving more flesh and then all the stuff about his height and everything has just been exaggerated to make him scary but there could be some crazy man out there like roaming the forest eating people mm-hmm. yeah. like, there was a there was a description of it someone described it in, in a book oh it was a native author and if ethno I can't say this ethnographer someone who studies ethnicities or something named Basil H Johnston he described the Wendigo as a, as being gaunt to the point of emaciation it's just desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones with its bones pushing out over its skin its complexion the ash grey of death and its eyes pushed deep back into the sockets the Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from separations of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odour of decay and the competition, competition, <laughs> decomposition of death and corruption. Yeah, very competitive. <laughs> the Wendigo is also very competitive. It's just really malnourished then, like really, really badly malnourished. Yeah, and and it's just constantly on the hunt to eat human flesh, which, like you say, Yasmin, is something they say about, like, once you go and eat human flesh, you can't go back or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You can't stop. (laughs) No, but that's a real disease, though. I don't know what it's called, but it's a real thing, yeah. It's like, you get a taste for it, and then it drives you insane like it makes people go crazy i actually did read something about that about the wendigo there is a disorder about that like um i'm just trying to find it have you seen book of eli and then that people eat people who've got the shakes and they're like a bit mad no no i don't think i have either oh i don't need to watch that film it's such a good film it's kind of oh, all there's, like there's a the film called, there's a film called ravenous that I remember watching with the guy that played Begbie, what's his name, Robert Carlyle. And it was sort of like the Donner Party. He he was, a, you know how the legend of the Donner Party in America where they were trying to travel to the West in wagons and it, they went the wrong way and it got really cold and there was loads of snow and they were starving. So they ended up just eating each other. Yeah, yeah. that was based on a true story. Or was it not like a plane crash or something? And no, that was started- there because the... The um, donor party were in the 19th century, uh, you know, when they were all, like, trying to um, populate the West and stuff. There's a um, few films like that where they're eating people. Like, yeah, but if I had to eat someone to survive, I suppose I would. Mm. I'd maybe start with Mark, though, not you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is more eating on me, so that's... <laughs> yeah, you've got a bit of a juicy ass. Throwing a weight as well. The lockdown weight that put on... <laughs> Oh, okay then, Yasmin, if you're, you're persuading me to eat you, then <laughs> I'll spit roast. <laughs> There's um, a, a Wendigo psychosis. In historical accounts of Wendigo psychosis, it's been reported that humans become possessed by the Wendigo spirit. Also, that's nothing to do with cannibalism then. Or, after being in a situation of needing food and having no other choice besides cannibalism. Oh, that's that's your point, Yas? Yeah. 
So maybe the people who, you know, the people in the plane that from that film Alive, maybe they became a Wendigos or had this Wendigo psychosis. I just remember reading that episode of Family Guy where <laughs> Peter lost in the forest and they turned into this weird animal Bigfoot thing. And he forgets how to talk because he's not been in like contact with humans for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah, Wendigo psychosis is a, a true thing. So maybe, yeah, if you end up in the forest, you, you might run in the forest going mental, taking your clothes off and looking for people to eat, you become a Wendigo. I suppose it's like, um, it was said to be sort of like a zombie as well, like the first sort of ancient stories of zombies and where they originated. Sort of like, because, because they were decayed, decayed looking, the sense of death, the smell of death coming off them which is like the walking dead and they're emaciated and they're always wanting human fillet like human meat which is what zombies basically want besides brains that's what like drives them insane yeah so i wouldn't want to come across one but yeah no um, well, like, they don't sound fun to to like party with <laughs> like no not like you're the glacids or whatever they're i keep forgetting their names the glacids yeah so yeah they're either extremely cold and hungry yeah so it's all about cannibalism basically which must have been quite prevalent in cold countries like that you know when they maybe they didn't have a lot of like crops or 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 animals about that they could that maybe died off in the cold that they probably resorted to cannibalism a lot of things like that happened in russia like in world two there was a lot of poverty or stalin starved a lot of people to death so maybe they've got loads of indigos in russia so just more horrible yeah out of the three that one's probably the most believable one because there's probably elements of it that are actually really true just horrific nasty god yeah so mine's isn't such a great one (laughs) (laughs) there's a story here about i've seen that's there was a Cree tribe of north northwestern Ontario, uh, a member of the Cree tribe, and he was called Jack Fiddler. <laughs> I don't know about that. He's called Jack Fiddler. He told the Methodist minister about his ability to defeat Wendigos. Word spread of Fiddler's self-proclaimed abilities. A shaman, Fiddler, said he had killed 14 Wendigos during his lifetime, insisted his actions, snuffing out locals before they turned into Wendigos, saved the lives of many. He sounds like a psycho, to be fair. Jack Fiddler, yeah, and his brother Joseph were arrested and imprisoned for killing a woman before she transformed. Jack escaped and hanged himself. Joseph died of consumption just days before he would have been released on appeal. But they're saying that the, that the fiddler killings led credibility to the notion that Wendigos were real. But he was mental. He was just saying, oh, well, I think you're going to turn into a Wendigo, so I had to kill her. Yeah, that doesn't lend credibility to anything. That'd be like if I shot you, Yaz, and then if the police were like, why'd you shoot her? And I was like, she's going to become a Yeti. She's going to become a bit. Yasmin just admitted to being a lizard person. So. True, so she can't be both. No. Does anyone get any other cryptids? Sorry. It's kind of like, do you know what I find interesting as well? The Mongolian death worm. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. No, Have I feel seen... like I've heard somebody shout Mongolian death worm before, but I don't actually know what one is. Well, it's if you've seen the film Tremors. Yeah. So it's basically that's where they got the Mongolian death worm from. Also in Beetlejuice, remember when he sort of, where they leave the house that they they sort of died in? Or they didn't die there, they died on a bridge, but they can't leave the house or something. I don't get that. But they end up in a desert and then there's a big death worm. There's like a yeah. worm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's based on the Mongolian death worm as well. I think that's where he got that from. And it's called the Ogoi Korkoi in Mongolian, which means large intestine worm. It's a four-foot-long subterranean cryptid. It's more like a giant earthworm than a parasitic tapeworm, and it's called the Mongolian deathworm. I could believe that, 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 you know, like, there's vast, like, even in Egypt, you know, where there's, or Saudi Arabia, where there's loads of desert lands, in China as well, like the Gobi Desert, and also Mongolia, yeah. 
you think about how like the the deserts are a bit like the sea in a way because there could be things creeping under there that could live under there that no one it, it easily hides. Yeah. You know, and you could easily disappear. You know, you could be wandered lost in the desert and this thing could just come up and grab you and pull you down. So because it says that they come up to the surface in the warmer summer months or when the ground becomes too wet for it to survive, a bit like worms, I suppose. You know, earthworms come up when it's wet. Sightings of the worms date back several centuries amongst native Mongolians, many of whom claim that the deaf worm is able to spit venom or even acid from its mouth, while its body is apparently coated with a, such a toxic slime that anyone who happens to touch it will be instantly killed. And it's just like a giant worm with, you know, like teeth at the front. It doesn't have any eyes, it's just a mouth. One I of think the ones that I was looking at as well, but like I didn't find that much on it, it's really short, but it's also like a Middle Eastern thing that I was also convinced might be real that I'd never really heard of before. So have you guys heard of the Mimic Dog? No. So it's this creature that apparently was from the Middle East and sort of North Africa, so similar region to where you're obviously talking about. And it was basically, it was a creature that was dog-like, but not a dog. So people said it was, it acted like a dog. It was as intelligent as a dog. It had curly, wool-like fur and a face shaped and coloured like a hedgehog. And people believed that part of the reason that it was so intelligent and could, like, mimic human sounds is because they thought it might have been raised by apes. And But this is the bit that I found interesting. So there's loads... There's no fossil evidence of it, right? There's no, like, bones or anything or taxidermy of it. But there's all these different writings about how, like, people in North Africa and the Middle East and uh, Italy used to keep mimic dogs as pets... Uh, lots of poor families had them and they found them really entertaining because they were really intelligent animals so they could like imitate if someone had been drunk they'd imitate them being drunk later <laughs> that's funny what their owner had did the night before the greek biographer plutarch or plutarch uh, claimed that while he was attending a show put on by libyan visitors to where he was staying um, they had like pet mimic dogs in their theater and they performed a little like mini solo play of animals. There was like a little silent play along to music. And there's other writings about um, how people claimed that the creatures were really good at mimicking sounds. And some there was writings as well in medical journals about mimic dogs. And again, it was a similar description. They were dog-like animals, but not actually related to dogs. And that their blood was good for treating rabies. So if people had caught rabies off of another animal, they could basically like take a, a sort of potion, basically that contained extract of uh, this mimic's blood. It's also it's mimic M um, I M I C K E. So you mm-hmm. like a uh, little potion thing with the, their blood in it, and apparently it could treat rabies. But there's all these writings and stuff about it up until the mid 1600s, and then there's literally no writings about it at all. There's no taxidermy with this creature or bones of this creature or anything. So, like, similar to what you're saying, I don't, like, with that one as well, I'm like, that sounds perfectly legitimately real. I don't even know if you'd really count it as a cryptid, but I just found it really interesting that... Are you sure they weren't just small bears? I mean... Or something like a hyena or something? Like they could sound more like hyenas, because hyenas can sound like people when they laugh. True, it does sound oh, like... Oh, yeah. And they could sound like drunk people, hyenas. Yeah. I suppose, like, if you think about that. Maybe it's just, yeah. like, a breed of hyena that became extinct. But yeah, it could be. Was, when I was trying to think like a random, because I thought I wanted to do something random, which is how I obviously ended up looking at the Glacedicks. And that was one of the things I came across. But then when I was looking at it, well, that's what I said to you, Leslie, that I wasn't yeah. sure whether either of the things I've looked at were cryptids. I only got like brief notes on that, but I thought I don't really, although it's classed as a cryptid and it's on lots of cryptozoological websites, I thought I'm pretty sure this is just a thing that exists that we just yeah. do not have any like preserved specimens of. Do you know, I like the idea of, I've, um, I've kind of read about, there was loads of places that have their own local cryptid that not many people would know of, like individual, like East Kilbride would have its own cryptid or Stranra would have its own individual cryptid or, I don't know, London, I suppose, has Boris Johnson. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think of that? I mean, I like that idea. I feel like everywhere should have their own personal cryptid. Like, sounds lovely, doesn't it? Although I suppose it depends what sort of cryptid it is, but whether it's lovely or not. But yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, I think well, there's um, 
shout out to Dr. Rita Bex, who are like so a group of guys in East Kilbride and they make stupid videos and stuff. And um, or he's called John O'Connor now on Facebook because somehow I don't know, Doctor, or because Facebook don't like um, people not having proper names. You know, like you can't have a stupid name like Dr. Rita Bex. You have to call yourself like, you know, that's, that's why I put John Connor. Yeah, an actual name. So um, he, they made up an East Kilbride cryptid called the EK, uh, the EK Monkey Monster. <laughs> it was like a little, <laughs> like a little caption monkey that goes around East Kilbride carrying a bottle of Bucky in one hand and a knife in the other. Of course. <laughs> I mean, that's a realistic as well. Oh, it's the EK Monkey Man. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's like a little monkey. It goes around threatening people. It's funny. So I'd like to think that that's Isco Bride's mascot. Crypto. <laughs> this guy doesn't need more monkeys than already has. Ah, okay. I've got um another weird creature that I want to just briefly talk about, which is one that I found really weird. I've never heard of it, but I find it really interesting. It's called the, the Mapinguri. Or the map in Gwari. It's a large ape like creature said to inhibit inhibit inhabit the rainforests straddling the border between Brazil and Bolivia. According to local folklore, the map in Gwari stands around eight feet tall, has a tough and apparently bulletproof, so people must have shot at this thing. How else would you know it's bulletproof? Yeah. Um covering of scales on its back is it's got thick red fur on its head and belly and it's got long curved claws and if all of the stories are to be believed a second mouth this is a bit that i found fascinating it's got a second mouth in the center of its stomach when approached by humans the map and guari is said to rear up on its hind legs like a bear and supposedly produce a foul-smelling scent to ward off potential hunters as recently as 2007 a sighting was reported in the new york times Mad. what what is sure. the mouth and its its belly, its centre of its stomach all about? Does Maybe it just like sort of it's like... But it's like bigger. It just opens up. Do you think and it has it... two stomachs? Or do you think it's got a like back stomach that's attached to its like top mouth and then a front <laughs> stomach that's attached to its belly mouth? I like to think that if you come across it and it, it grabs it, its prey, it might not eat people, but it grabs its prey and then shoves them, like hugs them into its belly mm. into its mouth directly oh. into its stomach Ew. sounds weird and it's ginger like, yeah it's been so ginger <laughs> <laughs> it's an eight foot tall ginger eight blade creature there's I a mean, picture of it i'll share it on the facebook page to see and see what it looks like gin- the ginger is after they're like reincarnated or something that's what they come back as they come back as that the mapping glory <laughs> That's where the ginger gene originated from, this thing. I feel like eight foot tall ginger ape-like creature sounds quite sexy, but covered in skin <laughs> with a stomach, mouth, less What so. about your love of gingers? Oh, <laughs> oh the ginger. Remember oh. the ginger hot babes that you oh, looked yeah. at? Yep. Still trying to get that image Was it a calendar of hot gingers? Well, supposedly hot gingers. Yep, yeah. Red Hot Gingers. It's an annual calendar of the 12 hottest ginger, ginger men of that year. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Right, we... I think I need to go soon. But, um, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that was good, Jas- Jasmine, is there anything you want to talk about next week? Any mm-hmm. any sort of myths and legends that fascinate you that you want to talk about in our next podcast? Um, I don't know. I'll have a think. I don't know. How about we think for next week's topic? So it can be anything, like. Right? So just we could just like so leave it as a mystery topic for the listeners next week. So yeah, so you can like um, send us a message as tell us what the topic is, and then we'll reveal it next week. So listen up. Okay, that's a good idea. Right, well, so. yeah, well that sort of covers cryptid part two and um, we'll probably have another cryptid uh, episode at some point in the future in what season three or four of this so what are you up to Yaz are you a way to do something nice or are you just sick of us like my washing machines just went off and like I actually go to bed really early as well I'm just starting to like 
wither away a little bit. Oh no, you're not a Wendigo, are you? Send <laughs> your women away. Um, I'm confused. I'm not you said by like nine o'clock. Oh really? Dead. Yeah. I'm a night owl. I can't even if I got up early. I still have to stay awake till at least one or two in the morning. It's terrible. Like crash. So I can feel myself getting towards that, like hitting the wall. Oh. Um, I crash out. But I was so okay. awesome. stuff. I love talking to you guys. No, that's all right. Right, that's... off you go to bed then, Yaz. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay, yeah, cool, cool. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Speak okay, you. for the mystery topic. Mystery. Bye, Mark. Are you still here? Oh, Yasmin's still here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's gone. She's gone. Right. I am still here, yeah. Yeah, well, that was nice. Yeah, there's loads of weird creatures that we could talk about. Like, there's a, a, a bunny rabbit that's got antlers that I read about, which is a strange thing, or it looks like a bird. They're always like a sort of Frankenstein's monster mashup of different creatures, cryptid. Yeah, like, I feel like it is always, yeah, could you imagine a man, but he's got antlers, or, yeah, could you imagine a woman, but she's not really a woman, she's a goat. She's a goat. She's got frog legs and she lives in sea. Ah, lovely goat lady. There needs to be a cryptozoology zoo. Yes. Or would that mean that they're not really mysterious anymore? So they're not technically. Yeah, how does that work? Like if we managed to discover I suppose we couldn't. But we could, because just now we've just got a copy that we can put in a zoo. But if we discovered lots of cryptids, you could just have a specific cryptid zoo. Like they all used to be cryptids and now they're in the zoo. That's true. And then it would be really unique and maybe only certain people can come in and see them. Yeah. Only three people a year are allowed to visit the cryptid zoo. So yeah, just to keep them mysterious. Yeah, they continue to be cryptids. Yeah. I'd like to think that some of them are invisible and they can only appear at certain times of the day. And then you've got your dangerous cryptids that need to be controlled as well, like the Wendigo I don't think you maybe should put that in a zoo. That's maybe a bit morally wrong, even though it goes around trying to eat people like a zombie. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like... I don't know. Is it morally wrong to chain a zombie up and put it in a zoo and look at it as a spectacle? Didn't they I'm... do that in Walking Dead? They had them chained up? I'd say no. Like, it's just a... But are zombies conscious? That's one thing we can talk about in another podcast zombie myths yeah i think we've, we should do zombies at some point in time i like your idea as well of doing um an episode at some point in time that's like sort of local cryptids like cryptids yeah. from little towns the uk monkey man like the uk monkey man <laughs> well if you what kind sort of cryptid do you think shinra would have apart from tories oh uh. That's probably why we've got the cryptids it doesn't want to hang about with, with too many Tories. Or would it be sea-related because you're near the sea or because yeah, of lots of farms? Aquatic. And yeah, there's a lot of like... So if we're going to mush some animals together, I'd say like a, 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 a dolphin sheep. A dolphin sheep, yes. So it'd be like, would it be like a dolphin cross with a sheep as it has like a big woolly fleece? Yeah, I think it'd be like a woolly dolphin... And you only see it at night. It's a woolly dolphin, but it's like black, like like sheep, right? And you, yeah. it's nocturnal, so you only see it at night. And it lures you down to the water with its dolphin clicks. And if you look directly into its eyes, you're comatose for four days. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good excuse not to go to work. Sorry, the, the, <laughs> the dolphin sheep <laughs> put me in a coma and I couldn't get to work. Lucy. All right, that's fine. And then yeah, I just wouldn't. Show, yeah, exactly. So we'll call it Flucy. You wouldn't show up to work for four days, and I'd be like, "Sorry, I looked directly into the eyes of Flucy." And then they'd be like, well, "You're not the first man to be lured to the water that way." <laughs> it's like it always has to be one a night or something, so everyone has to take their turn. Yep, everyone eventually will fall prey to Flucy and her magic sheep dolphin eyes. And maybe when you go in a coma, you go in a magical trip. Like it's a total psychedelic trip through the Flucy's imagination or something. Maybe you like went <laughs> a trip through yourself. So like you're in your own mindscape. Like you come out of Flucy's hypnotic gaze and she's made you wiser. It's, it's oh, that would be awesome. She's a good cryptid. 
but it only works on people like local people from Stranra. So if I rock down and I wanted to get hypnotized by Flucy, it wouldn't work because it's a local cryptid for local people. We'll have no trouble here. Yep, she has no interest in outsiders, but she doesn't burn them. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, it'll be a mystery topic next week. Who knows what Yasmin will come up with. Uh, Find out. Yeah, thanks for indulging us. And um, please, if you want to comment or join our Facebook group, um, maybe you hate Facebook, so fair enough, there's an Instagram page. But then Facebook on Instagram, so that doesn't really work either. Or, you know, you can just, like, send us a tweet. I'll start maybe start our Twitter page. But our Facebook group is Crystal Myth Podcast. And you can just find it on just find it on Facebook or whatever. Or you can look on our redundant Instagram page, which doesn't get updated anymore. No, I don't pay any attention to it. I've gone back to work. Yeah, fair enough. I think the Facebook page is probably the best one to go to. If you're um, anti-technology, you can just write crystal meth on a wall and then kiss it. Yeah, that's true. And we'll somehow feel, we'll feel the, it in our hearts. Yeah, we'll feel it in our hearts. And obviously Satan will yes. appreciate that too. Well, I feel Satan in my heart. Every night. <laughs> right, well, thanks very much then. And I'll just say goodbye. And thanks very much. Bye. 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 Crystal. Man.